Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today my guest is Jody Hamilton. She's back. She's a regular on the Stephanie Miller Show, and she's also a regular on the Bob Seska podcast, and her own podcast is from the bunker. And we had such a good time. Uh, first, we started, you know, our conversation kind of started off with COVID, but then it went to some LA experiences that we both have, but then we go back into politics. But I could talk to her all day long about LA. Oh my God, I miss it. I mean, I have this like love-hate relationship with it. So I can't necessarily say I want to move back there, but in the dog days of summer on the East Coast, that's when I miss it. Like at wintertime, when it's gloomy and freezing, I don't miss LA at all. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> I love it. I love the cold weather. I love it, love it, love it, love it. But during the summer, no, I don't love it. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to make sure everybody knows too, on Thursday, Stephanie, are, Stephanie and I are doing a patrons-only show. Um, hopefully this time I won't be so tired. The last time I did a show, I think I was going through some kind of hormonal imbalance or something because for three days I just felt like crap. And then finally on Sunday, I was like, it was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and I didn't feel good. So, uh, or I'm, so, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday I woke up and I felt pretty good. And so I don't, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying a little new diet now where I'm eating slightly more carbs because I'm wondering if I'm not getting enough carbs, but whatever. So just in case, if I was, if I seemed a little off the last time that uh, we did a patrons only show, that's why. And, uh, but we're going to do one this Thursday. And what else? What else? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't think I have any uh, new news because I did tell Jody a little bit a little new information on the birds on my front door, which are getting bigger and they have feathers now. And oh my God, when the, when the mother comes or I don't know if it's the mother or the father because they both do, but those birds are loud. Um, anyway, so we'll just get right to the point. Start me up as an independent podcast and it is supported by listeners. It's also woman run. Um, I don't have corporate backers and right now I'm not using advertisers. I may use advertisers in the future, but right now I'm not the only way, uh, the show, goes on is through patrons. So basically I just say go to the front page of patreon.com slash start me up. Take a look at some of the past guests. Also uh, just take a look at some of my tiers and you don't have to choose a tier. You can, you can click on a tier and then you can choose any dollar amount you want. But let's say if you choose, let's say $4 a month or less, you will get each free podcast delivered to your mailbox, as well as one patrons-only podcast. If you sign up for $5 or more per month, you get everything I do. Two patrons-only podcasts and the two free shows per week. You don't have to look for them on Twitter. They'll come right to your door. So if you could do that, that would be great. I would appreciate it. I love doing this show, and I always want to make sure that everybody understands how much I appreciate uh, all of my patrons. You can also make a one-time donation in the description of this show, you'll find my email address, and you can just PayPal. Some people like to do that. And the reason I, I, mean, I say that every time is because somebody once asked me, where can I make a donation? So I just like to include that in case. Um, and then also, don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Uh, just go to iTunes and go to Apple Podcasts. Become a subscriber. It's free. You can also give me a rating and a review there. Now, I just want to say that in the past, I don't know, a couple of weeks, I've been getting a bunch of new ratings and some new reviews. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. I really, really, really appreciate it because, you know, I don't pay attention that much to the whole 
uh, Apple podcast thing, but Bob does. And he'll tell me, you know, oh, your show is doing well or, you know, this is happening. And a lot of times it comes after I get a review. So my, I think my algorithm, you know, it's favorable to the algorithm when people go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe or leave a review or something like that. So anyway, uh, that would be awesome if you would do it. I would appreciate it. And thank you for everyone who has. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Jody Hamilton. Welcome back to the show, Jody. Why, thank you for having me back. I heard you on Ms. Miller's happy hour. Yes, I was. It was my first time. My first time with Steph. <laughs> it was fantastic. I don't know. I felt a little awkward because obviously I had to do, uh, you know, FaceTime. Right. And I, I'm so vain and uncomfortable. And so, I, you know, I felt like there was this point where I was smiling and then my f- my cheek started twitching. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I had a fun. It's just like I get like I I like just behind the microphone with no cameras. That's my preference. (laughs) I I understand that. I mean, I I actually got a lav mic for her Tuesday show. Um, What's that? A lavalier, you know, a pin on, you know, clip on microphone. Right, right, right. So I wear that on her Tuesday show and I sit as far away as I can (laughs) from my computer because you look better. But then I love Jess, I really do. But she zooms so close and it's like (laughs) this defeats the whole purpose of me moving far away from the camera. You know what? I just got to say, I love your voice. You have such an awesome voice. Oh, thank you. Cat. <laughs> um, so, you know what I want to ask you? What is it? You live in California. You live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So what's going on there with, like, masks and people being, uh, you know, doing what they should with social distancing and whatnot? Interesting you bring that up because it, uh, I just, there's a Time Magazine Twitter article out right now that has a map that shows how your COVID-19 risks are per neighborhood. And you mm-hmm. can go down to literally, f- I can go down Ooh. to the two-mile two, two mile radius that I walk wow. every day. that's awesome. And, I, and within those two miles, I do 10 because mm-hmm. um, I do a lot of zigzagging. Um, and where I, my zip code and the zip code, you know, in the blocks next to me, basically, between like Witsit and Colfax and uh, Magnolia and mm-hmm. Moore Park in the Valley, um, we're at a one or a two, which is good. Right. The entire city is at about a six Ooh. because there are stupid people. Yeah. Um, and I guess in the 500 cities that they're testing right now, the average is 5.5 because we suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did notice, Lonnie and I went on a drive the other day. We took uh, the 101 up to Las Virginias and then went all the way down to the PCH and then drove through the Palisades, took Sunset and went came back home. And in the Pacific Palisades... People reading outside on sidewalks, which I don't really have yeah. a problem with, except that they're not six feet apart. Right, right. Um, whereas in the valley where the restaurants are doing that, mm-hmm. you can't get closer than six mm-hmm. feet to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Bob's Big Boy one morning for breakfast and because they have they own a parking lot. So that's the thing. If if a restaurant right. has a parking lot, yeah. they have a better way to do the right thing and to stay open. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were doing car hop, which they started back when this began, and yeah. they're still doing that. But um, So they had tables, but they were literally not just six feet apart, the middle of each table, which is what a lot of stupid restaurants are doing. <laughs> no. Basically, pull the chair out, mm-hmm. and then the back of that chair should be, when that person pulls out, six yes. feet away from the guy behind him. Right. That's how you test the six feet, not yeah. table to table or chair to chair yeah. pushed in. How far does the average person back out of their chair to get up and walk mm-hmm. away? And that's how far that should. That's to me how far it should. Yeah. Be. 
And in the Valley, I've noticed that to be more of what's happening. Or if they, they have tables that are, you know, in the ground, they can't move them, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to sit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. each table, it, every other table is now not a place you can sit at, yeah. even outside. So, I mean, the Valley seems to be, I, granted, I don't leave much of my little two-mile radius. Mm-hmm. Um uh, like I said, we've gone through Burbank. Burbank's pretty good. Toluca Lake's pretty good. But like I said, when we were in the Palisades yesterday, wow. right on the main drag on Sunset Boulevard, I mean, people were wearing masks, but not everybody. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, this is why the good kids are having to stay inside yeah. longer because the bad kids are being assholes. Totally. Yeah. It's just, it's unreal. Although when you say all those names, I'm like, I uh. miss <laughs> Especially right now with the humidity. That's just mm-hmm. my least favorite part of all of it. You know, I mean, I sometimes because I do stay, I'm such a homebody and I stay inside so much. Uh, when I do get outside, I'm like, wow, it's really beautiful here. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like it is. it's so green and lush and everything, but it's just a swampy, mungy weather. It's just awful. I mean, actually, today it's not too bad. Um, mm. because last week we were having a heat wave and it was just, I think it was in the nineties and it was really high humidity and it was just like hell outside. But today I, I'm, I don't know what the degrees are, but I just went out there because I, has Bob informed you of the birds on our door? Yes. Yeah, and, I, um, no more spring wreaths. <laughs> no more wreaths. Uh, yeah. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas wreaths are fine, but that's it. Uh, maybe a fall wreath, but so I go out there all the time. You know, I miscalculated though. I, I thought, um, that they were going to be gone by Monday or Tuesday. And, and I was, because I believe by the 17th, they had been all hatched. And I counted from the 17th and I'm like, wait, no, that means Wednesday to Saturday. So, and they're kind of big now. And every time one of the parents comes to feed them, you should hear like the scream. Like they're all screaming. But I go out there all the time to check on them. So I'm like feeling the weather. And it wasn't too bad, but I went out this morning. But what's really gross, it's so fucking gross. Um, they shit all over the place. Oh, yeah. I, and it's, I don't know. I don't even know if it's the baby shit. It must be the baby shit, but it's like on the side. Mm-hmm. And so there is a gross smell to it. Obviously, it's not like a human kind of a shit smell, but it's right. just something else. But. Now I've noticed the flies are there. It's like, oh my God, this <laughs> is... You've got everything. Yeah, and it's like, I'm, I mean, I look at these little birds and they're so amazing. And they are mine now. They're my birds until they oh, fly away. Those are your babies, They absolutely. are my babies. And so it's like, but they're so funny because they're just not even phased. They don't like, they don't get squirmy when I'm around and I look at them and I'm like, hi, and I, I never touch them or anything, although I could and the, the parents would still be fine with it, but I don't want to touch them. Um... But I can see now they have feathers and they're starting to look like birds. And I'm starting like I'm kind of freaking out because it's like, OK, here we go. Here comes the danger part. But, you know, I mean, I just I, I, I wish th- I hope that they are, you know, everybody's safe because I wasn't sure. I knew there were four eggs. And, and today I could see that there were four. I was curious this morning because I thought I've only been seeing three, but I don't get to see all the way into the nest. So. I did see four, so I'm a little relieved. But Well, that's good. Yeah, when we were little, uh, the first house that I grew up in until uh, I was nine, the bathroom window outside my little sister's bathroom, when we shared a room at one point, and then I finally got my own room. But um, <laughs> right outside the window, this family would come every spring, <gasps> and I we, we could crank open the window and watch. Wow, you know? that's so and cool. And it was real because it was just on the window ledge outside, so it was a perfect little nest yeah. and it would, every year. She would, you know, the family would keep coming back. Wow. Um, and they were little sparrows. They were so cute. <gasps> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like amazing to just watch nature happening. I mean, I wish we, I wish that there was a place that we could like, 
you know, just watch through the window or something, but mm-hmm. we can't because there's right. there's the peephole, but the peephole is in the middle of the door, and they have taken their wreath to like if you were gonna look at a clock, it would be at like the at the one o'clock hour where the wreath mm-hmm. is. So, um, you know, we can't see anything. But anyway, uh, <laughs> oh my God. So let me. I, I want to ask you this too because I want to talk a little bit about the fact that everybody around Trump has COVID. But um, <laughs> what do you on, guys? Come on, God, you're just hitting all the wrong people. That's terrible. I'm a bad person, bad hammy. <laughs> what do you guys do to like stay? Uh, engaged and and you know what do you do to have fun? What do you do to occupy your time? I obviously you take ten mile walks every day. Right. Um, how long does that take? Uh, about three three and a half hours. Wow. Because I don't see the thing is is I don't go across a lot of major streets, so I don't have to wait at a lot right. of lights. Right. I cross I cross Laurel Canyon and oh, then fun. I zigzag through basically stop sign areas, you know, little suburban neighborhood, and then maybe cross two major streets. Yeah. So that does speed it up, because if you cross a lot of major streets, it takes time. Yeah, it does. And it's more dangerous. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And People are fucking nuts. Well, seriously, you should come here. My my (laughs) father used to talk to me about the the terrible drivers back east in Maryland, specifically D.C. area, and I was like, I had been an outside sales rep and, you know, I drove all over the L.A. basin, and I'm thinking, you don't know what you're talking about. He totally knew what he was talking about. Oh, yeah. People here are fucking awful. I mean, it's unbelievable. They, they get right up on your ass. They flick their lights. And it's like you could be speeding. You could be going over the fucking speed limit and, and you know, 75 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, and they're still up on your ass. I've, that just didn't happen to me in California, but it's just fucking well, awful. As a pedestrian... It's more dangerous on a major street to cross yes. because people like I literally I was crossing. I was almost there. <laughs> and this guy, he's he's heading north on Laurel Canyon and I'm crossing. And so I'm I'm to his left, which is if he's going to turn to the right, he's going to be looking to his left, right. which is where I am. Yeah. And he's looking at me. And then as I'm crossing the threshold of in front of his car, he starts to move. And I'm like, you know, maybe f- two feet away, and I hit, hit it was a beamer, oh my God. and I hit his hood, and I went, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's like, what? And I'm like, hello? I know. <laughs> what do you mean, what? I know, you just hit me with your fucking car. You know, another oh woman God. coming out of a, a grocery store was, again, I was to her left. It's like, I understand if I'm coming from your right, because mm-hmm. we don't drive in England. Yes. So I... I <laughs> I understand that you're not going to be looking my way if I'm coming from your right, so I will, in general, depending on where it is, we'll go around behind them so that they don't have to worry and I don't either. Yeah. But it's like, if I'm on your fucking left and you're <laughs> turning right or even going straight, you should be looking for me. <laughs> I know, really. Oh, my God. Wow. But that's, that's, in, that's impressive that you walk that much. I just well, started getting into working out again, but I'm impressed. I see. I quit smoking in 2001 when most people started back up. Um, <laughs> I quit September 14th, 2001. Good for you. Good for you. Um, and, wow. Uh, yeah, That's I know. Crazy. It was three days after September no 11th. Shit. Who quit? That's I crazy. did. Um, well, I had a plan. My doctor mm-hmm. told me because I was going to be 35 in January of the following year, mm-hmm. and my gynecologist said, "If you're still smoking, yeah. I'm taking you off the pill." Wow. Wow. She was hardcore. Yeah. And so one of my cousins said, "She goes, well, I had to just." switch doctors <laughs> or lie <laughs> or li- well no she would have known but um uh because i would smoke on my way to her oh right yeah but um 
so, you know, I had a plan, and she gave me, um, well, Butrin, which was Zyban at the time, yeah. basically. And it helped. It did. It, it, you take it for two weeks before you quit, mm-hmm. and you have a quit date. And I started because I knew I wanted to be, and you're not supposed to drink alcohol on it either. <laughs> so, And it's a seven-week regimen. Yeah. So I was planning it so that by the time I was done, I could at least have champagne on New Year's Eve. I yeah. mean, it was a whole, like, <laughs> i got to backtrack the timing, you know, and smoke as long as I can. And, and uh, I, I remembered, you know, so I made a plan that during those two weeks, I basically would slow down my smoking regimen, you mm-hmm. know, instead of three in an hour, because I smoked about two, two packs a day. Wow. Um, and when I went out, forget about it. Yeah. Um, and so I made it to a point, so it got down to the last day I was at the Rainbow. And um, I was I with have rainbow stories. Well, and this is three days after nine eleven. You know, yeah. so this is you know everybody's kind of commiserating and freaking out yeah. and doing all the things that we do. And uh, my friend Tammy, um, who is the singer of Faster Pussycat, was sitting with us, and I said, Tammy, I only need two cigarettes out of this pack for tonight when I go home because tomorrow I'm done. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it was American Spirits, really nice cigarettes. Mm -hmm. He goes, sure, I'll take those. So he (laughs) took, you know, the 18 cigarettes or whatever that was left in that pack. Then I took two home, and that was the last two cigarettes. Wow. was uh, September 13th, 2001. Wow, that's insane. Well, you know, I just have to tell you really quick. uh, I mean, I used to go to the Rainbow all the time. And there was this one night I went, and David Lee Roth walked in. And he's Uh so little. and, And he's so little that I was thrown off. (laughs) <laughs> and so, I mean, it obviously it looked like David Lee Roth, but, you know, I'm six feet tall. I was probably wearing at least one or two inch heels. Oh, as you and should. so, and he walks by me and I, I looked at him and I said, aren't you? And I didn't even get to finish. And he goes, alive and in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was so funny because like, I don't, you know, I, I, I said, I, I think I said something like, so what are you up to? And he goes, making music. And then like he <laughs> kisses my cheek and he gets distracted by some chick with really big tits and like he just like his eyes followed her tits and then his feet like followed and left. He left. That's so that was funny. my experience with David Lee Roth. <laughs> That's very, very funny. It was so funny. A friend of mine came out to visit from Minneapolis years ago before he ended up moving here. And I said, well, let's go to the Rainbow. You know, he's a rocker dude. Yeah. And I said, so just so you know, we'll probably see um, Dio um, and we'll probably see uh, Lemmy. Mm-hmm. You know, not, mm-hmm. not Dio so much as Lemmy, because mm-hmm. Lemmy practically lived there. <laughs> and literally, we walked, and it was like a Tuesday, mm-hmm. you know, that's the best day to go because yeah. less people. And so we walk in, and 10 minutes after we sat down, Lemmy walked by. He goes, Wow, you're right. I said, No, it's just, <laughs> it's Lemmy. He's right. just going to be here. It's just, <laughs> it's really not that difficult for me to go, Lemmy, you know. And like the Who, whenever the Who would play in town, Ent Whistle, you'd know, you knew he'd be in the kitchen. Wow. Because they'd set up a table with John for John Entwistle just in the kitchen, so he wouldn't be bothered. Wow, God, uh, yeah, I used to. I mean, I used to go there and drink Long Island iced teas, which was like of drinking gla- gasoline. I swear <laughs> to God, they were the strongest drinks ever. And I remember one night I went by myself, mm-hmm. and there was this guy. His name was Von Blood. I oh, c- it just cracks me up every time I think about it. And we started dancing, but then um, he was trying to make out with me, and I wouldn't let him. So he just left me on the dance floor for some other chick who 
let you know she let him do whatever he wanted but it was i loved going there because it was just it was such an la place to be (laughs) and you never know who you were going to meet or see whether they were famous or not just interesting characters it was so much fun i i remember i think one night when i was there um guns and roses were there and um you know they had i never went and sat at any of the tables i always just i Mm -hmm. usually went upstairs right and and just like Every single time they'd play You Shook Me All Night Long, everybody would freak out and start dancing. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. But that was so long ago. I stopped going to bars. I used to go to the Derby all the time. Did you ever go to the Derby? I love the Derby. Yeah. It's gone. No, it's a bank. It's It's a a freaking bank. And well, though, there is a restaurant kind of next door to the bank. Okay. Yeah. It's, I miss the Derby. When did you go? Were you you there in the mid 90s? I was there in the early 90s. In fact, when Swingers came out. Yes. That's when I was there. There's a phone call that I think what's this, the um, uh, Favreau makes, and it's a message. No, 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 no. Von, Vince Vaughn leaves this message on Favreau's machine. Oh, okay, yeah. And he says to the effect, so we're going to go to the three clubs, and then after that we're going to go to Dresden, <laughs> and then we're going to end up at the Derby. And I watched that, uh-huh. and I went, I've said That's that. My <laughs> That's my life. You know, it's so funny. Because I was going to the Derby when that movie was being made. And mm. um, my girlfriend and I were basically the female versions of those guys. We were actresses <laughs> and right. we, we went to all those clubs and the same kind of parties. Mm. And it was so funny because I didn't know that movie had, you know, anything about it. But mm-hmm. I would see Vince Vaughn all the time. And he mm. was, you know, tall and cute. And at least to me, he was cute. And um, he was cute to a lot of people. He my, was. My mother Especially always. Then. Yeah, my mother always thought he was gross but anyway uh that's another story (laughs) but so one night you know i'd swoon over him he'd be walking by and my girlfriend would see me and you know finally she just got sick and tired of me swooning so she goes vince come here so he comes over and you know we're 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 sitting with our backs up against the bar Mm -hmm. and so she goes so what do you you know what do you do for a living and he goes I'm an actor. And she goes, oh, my God, what a coincidence. So is Kimberly. And then (laughs) we keep going through things. And I'm like sitting there totally shy and afraid. And like just he's I I think he's cute and I can't say anything. So she's talking for me and she just keeps saying, what a coincidence. So it's Kimberly. So (laughs) he puts either like he, he, he puts his hand on the bar. Um, on the either side of me, he leans right into my face and he goes, oh, I get it. You like me. And then he walked away. What a dick. Fucking dick. He's such a dick. But it was so funny because I called, like, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, uh, a, a girlfriend of mine, maybe a year later. And she's like, you need to see that movie Swingers. It's really good. It's really good. And, and so I rented it and I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Vince. And, um, you know, and then I watched the movie and I thought, that, that's it. He's going to be a big fucking star. And the next day, I see mm-hmm. that he was in like one of the Jurassic Park movies or whatever. Yes, and then, he of was. course, he became a star. And he's a libertarian and he's such an asshole. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean, that <laughs> was totally, that was so, mu- I hung out with that crowd. And it's like, even in the Derby, there's this, I think they went in there like on a random Wednesday night to shoot. And they didn't have a license or anything. But there oh was, God. it's well, funny because yeah. there was this guy, this old man who used to go there all the time and he would always wear like a jeans uh shirt with jeans and he was just like this old lech and he would grab all the women's asses and I just Mm -hmm. it's funny that he's in that because and there's another guy who's in that who my girlfriend kind of flirted with for a while you know because they were oh this is like the regulars it's just like with uh any club so um this guy I don't remember what the deal was but he 
he was blowing, he was smoking right around me. I was a smoker at the time. Mm -hmm. And I asked him if he would like move away or something. And then he just blew his smoke in my face. And it's like, God. But I mean, they're all in the movie. And it's just, it's so, do you happen to remember uh, there was a doorman who was very handsome. He was blonde and he just like dressed to the nines. Do you happen to remember him? At the Derby? Yeah. He was the door. Well, there was there was um, there was a guy uh, Dax that I knew, one of the bartenders. Oh my god, I knew him too. That's um, crazy. Oh, it was so funny. There was one night because my friend Candace had a huge crush on Dax, and she was having gin and tonics. And then I forget his friend's name. I want to say it was John or, or Jason. Something. May- maybe Jason Brock. Maybe blonde, tall. Yes, him, Jason uh, Brock. Yeah. And so, so basically. Dax takes, she goes, can I have some more gin and tonic? <laughs> and Dax says, sure. So he takes the, the, the glass away from her, hands it to Jason. Jason just pours more tonic in it. Oh right? And so she, we hand it back to, because I'm, I'm relatively sober at the time. And so he looks at me and I said, that's fine. you know. And he gives her the dress and she goes, Jody, Dax didn't put in enough gin in my gin. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh well, there was I can now I can't even remember his name, but it was this good-looking guy, and I went out with him a couple like once or twice, and it was never anything serious. But I just I I, I remember him so well. He was so handsome, and he always looked like he stepped off of GQ. He mm. was like a he was blonde, but he didn't come off as blonde. I don't know how. Right. I mean, like Jason was blonde, and you would say yes, he was a blonde. But this guy, right. like I, 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 he didn't seem blonde. I don't know how to even. But Candy it was. Candy like, might remember if I pose it to yeah, her. Yeah, I'll have to think of his name because it's it's escaping me now. But this is the sad part. We went on a date. Like when I met when I started going to that bar, I met this guy who I flipped out over, and he was just getting ready to move to um, South America for two years, and it was really oh, for wow. more than two years. But anyway. So we were kind of together. We were having a long-distance relationship, and this doorman had always been hitting on me, and um, you know, and he was really handsome. And and so eventually, I broke things off with a long-distance guy, and I kind of um, I said to this, uh, uh, God, it's dr- driving me crazy. I can't remember his name. So I said, When are you going to ask me out on a date? So we went out on a date, and he showed up. And like I said, he always looked like he stepped off of GQ. I mean, just to the mm-hmm. nines. He was so dashing and dapper and handsome and he was wearing this shirt that had like teepees and horses and shit on it and i'm like what the fuck what? is this and and i don't know it's just that night it's uh, it, something about him he was older than me he was probably i was 26 and i think he was like 42 i found out he was living with his parents and i i also found out that he was a recovered alcoholic and i think i was just young and i got really spooked by all of it it was like oh my because this guy that i had liked first was like this really successful businessman. And and so, you know, it's like I went from a 30-year-old successful businessman to a 42-year-old guy who Mm -hmm. was living with his parents. And and it's not even that I judged him so much. I just, I I think I was in this, I mean, I was in this, like I missed the other guy. Mm -hmm. So nobody compared. And so this one really did fall short. But he was cute, though. (laughs) Stupid teepee shirt. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and Marty and Elaine at the Dresden. Oh, so there's of course, that. and they were the fucking best. They were so They're, they were the reason to go to the Dresden. They were they were so fun. It was like Steve and Edie, but not quite as exactly. Good. <laughs> um, you know, they were good, but I mean, not, there are no Steve and Edie. Uh, 
But, wow, I just, yeah, my friend Josh and I used to practically live at the Dresden. Yeah, well, and, you know, I feel like I'm so grateful Swingers was made because it's, Mm -hmm. for me, it's like watching my life. And then, like, they're they're in it, so Mm -hmm. they're always going to be in swingers and and mm-hmm. I, I just appreciate it because there's so many things about los angeles did you ever used to and i got to get back to politics in a minute did you ever <laughs> go did you ever go to jack sugar shack oh yeah oh my god i love that bar and then okay do you know jamie james jamie st james or jamie no james? jamie james he used no. to play with um uh oh why can't i remember anybody's name right now it's <laughs> you know the guy who played the father in pretty in pink what's his name and he was an alien. Oh, oh, Dean, St- uh, Harry Dean, uh, Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. So Harry, I, uh, my girlfriend was like, "Oh, we got to go see Harry Dean Stanton play," and so uh, we went to go see him. And Jamie was the guitar player, and Jamie was like, he had some hits back in the eighties, uh, and I know that like, he's played. He played. He was Harry's guitarist, mm-hmm. and I know that he was also in. Uh, later on, he was in um, Dennis Quaid's band, okay. and he was also in magic carpet ride who are they uh oh um 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 i'm so terrible my mind is just going uh i know but the ones who sing magic carpet ride he was also eventually he was in that group steppenwolf Uh, steppenwolf yeah he didn't start off in steppenwolf but he did play with him but it was funny because when my girlfriend took me to jack sugar shack for the first time and we saw harry i saw jamie and i was like hello and we start. We actually dated for a little while, and that was a crazy story. But um, oh, well, and I then just I, missed the pink dot. Just the you pink know, dot. I never went there. Oh no, no, no! They delivered food. Oh, okay. Well, that's why I never went there. And um, <laughs> they're on Sunset Boulevard, and I lived in Laurel Canyon on the other side of the hill, on the really close to Sunset. Yeah. And so the pink dot just was my go-to. Wow. And one time there was this. They had the cute. He was such a cute cute delivery guy <laughs> and um he delivered to my and i'm like hi and <laughs> then uh, he delivered to another friend's place not too far and she goes wait are you the guy that just delivered over and he goes yeah why she goes oh yeah word's getting out about you <laughs> oh my god that's so funny oh wow oh i miss los angeles except <laughs> well, you can come visit when everybody can travel again i know we have but a nice you know, guest house the thing that's uh and we probably will because we don't have Mar- we don't have miranda anymore oh, no. um uh, we're eventually going to get some cats and we'll figure out what to i'm tr- see the thing is i want two <laughs> and and bob's like um cat politics and i'm like no 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 because he had a whole <laughs> bunch of cats at one time mm-hmm. and they all they like he he owned a house and I guess there was some crawl space or something in the ceiling. And it was like they all got in the ceiling and they peed everywhere and they like totally destroyed. And so he's just decided that if there's more than one cat, there's going to be total drama yeah. and trouble. And I'm like, no, 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 we could get two sisters. And, you know, I mean, I've had two cats and they've been fine. I mean, my, you know, Miranda, before uh, I, I had a cat named Pearl who was 10 years older than Miranda. And when I brought Miranda home, they like bonded immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, when Pearl died, Miranda lost her shit and she started mm-hmm. peeing. But while Pearl was there, everything was fine. But so I'm going to have to win this. <laughs> my, hey, I, I let me put to. it to you this way. My sister had... T- Two dogs and four cats wow. at any given time, plus a cockatoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, in, th- in fact, her last cat that she got, she literally named the cat Seven because she's like, I'm done <laughs> with naming. <laughs> well, see, I feel like this. If we have two cats and we want to take a trip for like a week, then we can just get a cat sitter 
and I feel more comfortable because we're home all the time. So it's mm-hmm. like a cat's going to get used to us being home. And if it's just one, then a cat sitter is only going to be here for like an hour a day. Mm-hmm. And that's a long time for a cat to be alone who's not used to it. But if they have a buddy, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have to win this argument. But right now, we're not going to... Um, we're not going to consider it just now because I, you know, I mean, I'm wi- my mom has a an appointment on Wednesday, I think to rule out really rheumatoid arthritis, but I, she's probably going to need a hip replacement. And then when she, you know, when she gets that, I'm going to have to stay with her. And then I don't know when that's going to be. And then it's like, how closer do we, cr- we to Christmas? Cause we have a tray and it's like, do we really want to have kittens running around? You know, so are we going to get one after Christmas? Or I want one so freaking bad, though. I want to. <laughs> I'm so desperate for an animal. So I'm like, I've got, I'm checking on these birds every five minutes. I'm like, hi, birdies. <laughs> well, You're I mean, my babies. <laughs> the cat that we have adopted us. Yeah. Oh well, she she lived down the floor. street and then moved in. That's hilarious. That happened yeah. to my aunt too. But I mean, we're on the third floor. There is this right. little black cat who lives outside. And she's, I think it's a she, and she's just so freaking cute, and she's so friendly. I wish she wasn't as friendly, because I call her, and she comes right over to me, and she starts rolling around, and she's Aww. like, hi. And I, fe- I feel like it's not safe out here, but, you know, I always, I get worried, because, you know, I always worry. But anyway, <laughs> okay, that's enough about all that. Well, let's talk about some, um, some crazy shit going on in this crazy world. And, of course, without, like, no surprise, Trump's national, what is it, the security guy uh, mm-hmm. has covid Mm-hmm. And and I'm finding out that like he's been closest, very close to Trump, mm-hmm. uh, national secretary advisor or no security advisor. I mean, um, so okay, all these people around Trump are getting COVID and he doesn't have it. D- he's got to be a carrier that's asymptomatic. Uh, he might be, um, but I- you know he's got so many co- comorbid morbidities. Mm-hmm. It would be shocking if he, you know, that could be why you know. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> yeah. um, which Sarah Cooper's video of that is genius. Oh my God, she's so great. I love she her. She really is. Um, uh, so I, you know, God, th- I assume you follow God on Twitter. Yes, I do. And he's like, hey, look, I'm getting closer every day. <laughs> Um, which is hilarious but um it is weird that he's been around so many people that have had it but they get tested every day yeah and so yes you can be asymptomatic for a time and Mm -hmm. you know depending on the last time that he was around him he could have given it to him yeah um but you know trump is so he he he's a germaphobe i know Anyway, which is probably what is the only thing that's protecting mm-hmm. him from this. Um, the, f- the, the fact that, you know, everybody's got to wear a mask around him, but he doesn't have to wear a mask. You know, right. that kind of yes. thing. Yes. Um, you know, he's so um, paranoid about this. That's why everybody and, and granted any sitting president and vice president during a pandemic, the people should be tested around them. Oh, right? yeah, definitely. You know, I completely agree with that. The problem is, is they, they've got these rapid turnaround tests, but we yes, don't, and they yeah. want us to go to work, and they want us to go to school, and yeah. they want us... And it's like, why why can't we do what Lufthansa Airlines is doing? Basically, they do temperature checks and COVID tests before you even get on the fucking plane. Yeah, that's awesome, because... Especially with the COVID tests. Because I, I saw Fauci say, I wouldn't eat in a restaurant, and I wouldn't get on an airplane. Nope. So, yeah. Hello. And, nope. you know, do you know who Travis Akers is on Twitter? Yes. 
he wrote he did a tweet last night and i was like wow i never even thought of that he said co-parenting during a global pandemic imagine having an ex-spouse who believes covid19 is propaganda Mm -hmm. that it's not that bad and deaths are inflated now imagine they have primary custody and get the Mm -hmm. ultimate say in your child going back Mm -hmm. to school Mm -hmm. and you know like two or three tweets below that was another man talking about his ex who basically just wasn't taking it seriously and you know how do you deal with that and I just thought I am so fucking glad that I don't have to deal with something like that I mean you know I think Bob and I have such a perfect scenario we don't have children we already work from home the only thing that sucks is we can't see our parents Um, but outside of that I mean we get along you know, we're not stuck here with a toddler. You know, my, my mm-hmm. brother has a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's terrible because, first of all, I mean, she's really smart. She's such a smart little girl. Her mom speaks to her in Portuguese and English. Wow. And so she it's taking her a little bit longer to master English. She's, mm-hmm. She completely understands Portuguese. She doesn't speak in Portuguese. But it's like that school, it's so important for her to go to school. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. for socialization and everything. Of course. But I mean, it's, and I mean, it's, she, she's able to communicate well and you can understand her, but it's like kids who grow up in bilingual families, it takes them a little bit longer mm-hmm. um, to, to speak, you know, English in a way that other kids their age are able to do. Right. And so, you know, I mean, she'll be fine in the long run, but still it's like, I, I feel like I can't even imagine having to go through, and it sounds like you're in the same boat, where you're in a fortunate situation. Yes, I'm super duper fortunate. I mean, Lonnie and I both work out of our home mm-hmm. and have been for a long time, so again, the only thing that really has changed is seeing people. Yes, exactly. Um, and, I mean, we've been together almost 20 years. Wow. So, um, Do you see your mom? We did see her in, what was it, June? And what is so it's... The way her house is up in Santa Barbara, they had this little kind of private courtyard that's small enough yet big enough Mm -hmm. to kind of have people sit across from each other. But Mm -hmm. it's also private because it's it's like her outside door and then you walk through this little courtyard and then the the door to the house. Mm -hmm. And so it's all enclosed and it's like this cute little thing. And so she's had some people over and so she she had... Uh, some friends of hers from up there over and they basically mom and brian are inside they set up everything outside Mm -hmm. you come in the the door and sit Mm -hmm. and we you have your own table and stuff set up already gloves masks mom comes out later and so they're at least they were probably 10 feet away from us and it's outdoors as well as enclosed so it's like it's private for them to Mm -hmm. do this and it's not in their driveway where everybody can see and but but we obviously couldn't hug because yeah, my know. mom's 87 years old. I'm not going to risk getting my mother sick. Exactly. Well, that's how I feel. And for those who don't know, her mom is Carol Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I went to see my mom and I couldn't, I didn't hug her. And it's right. just, it fucking breaks my heart. Yeah, we did the same with Lonnie's mom, um, whose birthday is in a c- about a week and a half. So we'll probably go up to her place yeah. and do the same. Like we went to their house and went through the side gate. So we were outside and we all, they had a table set up for us, you know, and mm-hmm. the whole nine years, everything. Like, hey, would you like wine? We have a whole bottle set up over here that we've only touched with the gloves kind of thing. Right, yeah. Um, and we, uh, we've had, we had his mom over for, uh, and stepped out over for Father's Day. Nice. And they did the same thing in our backyard. And yeah. we've had, like, a friend of mine came over. So we sat, you know, I set up our lawn furniture so that I could be, you know, a full lawn chair away and another right. table away. You yeah. know, and the whole, 
it's the only way to do it mm-hmm. and sort of be social. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, but I miss hugging my friends. I, I miss being indoors with mm-hmm. my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, know. I do I miss restaurants. Like the oh, other night, so we wanted I. to go down the street. There's this place down the street that they're doing outdoor patio dining. I haven't been to a restaurant to drink alcohol. Yeah. In since, you know, March. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know. It's like, and now that they're allowing outdoor seating with restaurants that have, I mean, they're, trust me, these bars and restaurants that are like, thank God we can finally sell alcohol. Right. (laughs) Um, I mean, one of the places that we really liked, two of them actually started selling bottles. Hmm. Interesting. um, Because they have these full bars. Right. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? Exactly, yeah. You know, hey, if you order this and this and this, we'll give you a bottle, you know, we'll sell a bottle of wine to you for 20 bucks, which normally if you were going to buy it retail by the glass would be, you know, 30 or 40 dollars. So they're trying to figure out ways, like with takeout even, mm-hmm. like here, have a bottle of, it's usually wine and beer, but I think some are even going with liquor at this point. Like, wow. let's get this moved. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I just, you know, normalcy is going to be when we have basically a pregnancy test-like yes. COVID test. Yes, yes, yes. That everybody takes before they walk into any mm-hmm. retail establishment, any restaurant, school, mm-hmm. whatever. And if you don't, if you don't test negative, Mm -hmm. you don't get in. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just, I'm hoping that, you know, Biden has to win. And, you know, it's hard for me to trust right now any kind of rushed vaccine. And, you know, especially uh, that would be, you know, put out during the Trump administration. I don't trust them. I don't um, either. I would feel more comfortable taking a vaccine when Biden is president. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think that forgetting about the vaccine is just we've got to we've got to do a national shutdown mm-hmm. and really be serious about this and have fines for people who don't comply. Mm-hmm. And obviously there will be people who don't comply. But, you know, when we did shut down, we saw cases going down. It's just that mm-hmm. when we opened up again, everything started spiking. Duh. I mean, mm-hmm. who... D- I could see that coming. I'm not an expert. (laughs) It's not even like we had to go back to the pandemic in 1918. We just had to look to China. Yes, exactly. And go, how many times have they opened and closed and opened and closed that country? I mean, they're on their third opening of movie theaters since December. So it's like... Guys, we don't even have to go that far. We only have to go back a month. Yeah. Um, And New York, obviously, Mm -hmm. has proven how to do this right. Yeah. Um, and, and how I was on a th- coffee thing with Carl Frisch and Hal Sparks the other day, a Zoom thing with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And Hal said something, and I've been saying this, but he said it much more eloquently because he's eloquent. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> he is. But he basically said all Trump had to do was when he was notified. Say he waited until March instead of in January when it's, he really should have done this. But say he decided to wait until March to see how bad it was going to get. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. He all he had to do was an Oval Office speech to mm-hmm. the country, mm-hmm. s- very somber, yeah, so somber, <laughs> so somber, and say, "Look, this is a national emergency. This is serious. Yeah. I am not kidding." Right, and in March we weren't going to do the mask thing because, well, he could have basically put the Defense Production Act, mm-hmm. put that in act, mm-hmm. put that enact that for ventilators, respirators, and masks, mm-hmm. so that the general public and everybody that needs them in the uh, health. De- uh, 
industry, everybody has their masks, and I'm going to start wearing a mask. Please wear a mask. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Stay home if you don't have to leave your home. Mm-hmm. If you are in an essential business, enlist the businesses that are essential. Right. Wear a mask. Those companies will have to, you know, make sure that their workers are safe on a daily basis, and if not, they will be fined. You know, things, and then him doing that, he'd be sailing into re-election he right would. now. He really would. I mean, I can't. I'm certainly not happy that people are dying or getting sick, and I fucking no. hate this. But I feel like you know his stupidity is the reason. I mean, he he could. And uh, yeah, just uh, shutting uh, us down for two months. Yes, three months yes. tops. Let's, exactly. Let's do a ten week shutdown. The nation shuts down. We yes. all do our part, just like World War Two. You know, Uncle Sam needs you. Let's go, 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 USA. Yeah, yeah. Well. And the thing is, is, you know, I mean, just, just if he would have even from the beginning, mm-hmm. if he would have just pretended to be a president mm-hmm. and was, a, you know, but he, can't, he he's incapable. He's just mm-hmm. incapable of doing it, which I guess benefits us. Uh, it doesn't benefit us in, you know, people dying and getting sick, right. but it benefits us in that, you know, this is I, I don't want to be. I don't want to get happy, you know what I mean? No. But it's like, I feel like, I feel like if it's just depending on the people, we won. We're, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of other things we have to worry about. We've got crazy right. Trump that we can't trust. We've got Barr. We've got suppression. We've got Russian interference. We've got all this stuff, Russian attacks, I should say. So there mm-hmm. are so many very GOP lies. And I mean, the fact is, you know, like, for instance, there was an article that came out this morning. Riots in downtown Richmond over the weekend were instigated by white supremacists under mm-hmm. the guise of Black Lives Matter, according to law enforcement officials. So um, and you know what? I want to go back to uh, before we talk about this. Can you imagine there would be no Karens? If Trump did what you said, mm-hmm. they would have mm-hmm. all complied. They would have all said, oh, I'm going to, you know, because they're all Trump supporters and they're all fucking crazy. So uh, if he would have if he would have set that tone, everybody, you know, all the Karens and all the crazy men who are just feeling that they're not masculine because they have to wear a mask, they would have just complied mm-hmm. and everything would have it would have been so much better. But, you know, he is going back to this. It's like. What Joe uh, Scarborough was talking about that uh, building, the federal building, I guess, in Seattle that was Mm -hmm. burned and he was Mm -hmm. blaming it. And he's like basically assuming it was these protesters. And it's like, Mm -hmm. why are you assuming it? I mean, I think we're very clear that Trump's Gestapo is pretty much creating the problem and then pretending that they're coming in to solve it. And and that's like, okay, so Nixon did that Mm -hmm. in 68. Mm -hmm. But Johnson was president. Yes. So you could say, look, if you bring me, look what's happening under Johnson's watch. Yeah. You can't say this is happening under Biden's watch because it isn't his watch yet. Yes. That's one problem. The second problem is is the police were awful in 1968, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they were also trying to control unrest. Mm-hmm. This is not unrest. This is peaceful protesting. Very little of it is right. violent. Right. Very little. And those people are doing that to instigate problems, mm-hmm. not because of a, a greater ideological need to mm-hmm. make a stand. Um, and also, my sister was down in Portland. She was part of the Wall of Moms. Uh, oh, wow. Um, when was it last Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday? And um, she went down with, she wrote a beautiful thing um, on Facebook about, you know, because she's in her early 60s, little white lady, privilege. <laughs> You know, she's like, am I doing something that's helpful or not? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and so they went down. She ended up in the front with one of two of her friends that she went with and they were in the front and they're like, oh, okay." Um, And they were listening to speakers. And this one um, woman in her 20s, a black woman, 
was thanking all of the moms and especially the white allies. Mm -hmm. And so Nancy was like, okay, I learned a lot by being down there and listening and knowing that, because even here um, a few weeks ago, about a month or so ago, I went out with only five people, two of which I knew already, Mm -hmm. um, on the corner by my house to, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff. And we were thanked by... Almost everybody. There was one older white dude that scared us. But, mm-hmm. you know, we had a couple of uh, guys jog by that were black. They were like, thanks, man. You mm-hmm. know, and this one woman, I saw her. She was turning. And she was looking at us, and she smiled. And then she just started crying. And oh. she said, thank you. Oh. And then another guy came and brought us water. You know, and it yeah. was just like a, okay, I, I, it's, I, I'm not doing it so I feel good about myself. Right, of course. But at least I know I'm doing something that's being appreciated well yeah we were yelled at and we had the finger and all that other stuff but in general it was 90 percent thank you and the mild percentage of no thank yous yeah and it's like uh, yeah you're not doing it to to feel better about yourself but it does feel good to know that That it matters that it matters and Mm -hmm. that that people are coming together for each other Mm -hmm. and you know i mean during these times i mean it's so scary and i you know i talked to terry canefield last week and she's always talking about like don't panic don't panic right um you know she gets you know she's a lawyer and and she's really 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 um knowledgeable about politics and she is a kind of a calming force Mm -hmm. but she's like my feed is just exploding with people yelling at me and freaking out and then she tells them not to panic and then they almost come back with but, and it's like, no, right. panicking never, ever works. True. It's not a good strategy. You always have to be aware of what's going on. You mm-hmm. can understand that it's awful or scary or, or, you know, whatever, destructive. But you have to be calm and you have mm-hmm. to handle it with, with, you know, just don't freak out. Freaking mm-hmm. out never gets you anywhere. And so um, I do think that, you know, it, it does matter what, you know, when people go out and protest and, you know, I mean, sometimes I saw it, it was funny. I saw somebody on Twitter ask the question, what is the I don't remember how they said it, but like the issue, the one issue that you don't feel comfortable talking about on social media and um, or making remarks about or whatever. And a lot of white people said racism. And I totally understand because it's like sometimes you can say something like here I am, a white privileged woman mm-hmm. and I have a certain mindset and I do have good intentions but I might say something that gets me in trouble because I didn't even realize what I said is offensive right. or, you know what I mean and it's like mm-hmm. and it, and and so you know you get especially when you're on social media man they right. come after you mm-hmm. when you make a mistake and and so so it's it is it's really scary sometimes to talk about you know racial issues when you're a white person and you don't want to offend anyone and you're like oh my god i just i don't want to say something wrong out of my own ignorance and 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 upset somebody and you know i mean i've done that i've said things so have i you know like there was this one time when um trayvon when george what's his name uh got off zimmerman zimmerman got off Mm -hmm. and i saw several people on social media asking if there were going to be riots and so I asked on my Facebook page, I said, you know, I, I wonder if there's going to be riots. And when I wrote this, in my mind, because I was so upset when this happened to, to Zimmerman, um, and I remember the riots in, in California uh, right. and, and all that. So it's like, um, I, I just, I felt like it would be black people and white people mm-hmm. pissed off 
at this verdict. And it, it wasn't like I, I thought, are black people going to go riot? I right. just, I thought everyone was going to start fucking flipping out because this boy was murdered. Mm-hmm. And you know he was what fourteen or something, and sixteen. So, 16. Maybe, but yeah, he was he was a teenager. He was a little kid. Yeah, and I mean he's having his skittles, and and yeah. you know, and so this there was a black woman on my page who I had always been friendly with, and and I offended her, and she was really upset, and I and I felt awful, and eventually I was able to kind of get her back. I I, I talked to her, and mm-hmm. I think it was through email, and I explained to her, you know, I'm like I this is where I was coming from. I, you know, and pl- and I was explaining, like I grew up in Southern California and much of my experience was in a very diverse city with, you know, every, you know, there were so many different nationalities and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I said, please understand that I didn't mean it the way you took it, but, it, but I made that mistake. I, d- mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I, to me, it was a mistake. I, I said it wrong. And it was offensive. And I, God, I didn't mean to be offensive, but I was. Yeah. I mean, I I had a, there's a girl that I went to uh, college with and um, we're friends again on Facebook. I hadn't seen each other in, you know, 30 years and we're friends on Facebook. And um, when defund the police started circulating, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't think that's the right (laughs) bumper sticker. (laughs) Demilitarize the police, you know, there are other better, fix the police, you know. And she goes, no, we should defend. I said, I understand what you mean. Right. I get it. And so then my grandniece came in and she was like, no, we need to do that. And rioting is fine. And it's like, okay, my grandniece wants to be an anarchist. God bless her. Um, She just turned 27. Um, But uh, so she and Elizabeth were getting along just fine. And I understand the anger. I understand Mm -hmm. wanting to riot. I understand. But like the mayor of Oakland said after what happened over the weekend up in Oakland, um, the mayor said, look, you're just feeding into what Trump wants. Right. Doing this doesn't help right now, especially yeah. right now with what he's doing. Like, if it was a normal time, the police would take care of it and we'd be done. Mm-hmm. But now we've got this asshole wanting to start martial law. And so giving him the excuse that there's violence, which is bullshit, um, in the cities, just gives him that reasoning. Because Portland was caught off guard. The other cities are not. Oakland's like, right. don't you fucking come here. Yeah. Philadelphia said, uh, we're going to arrest your motherfuckers if they start taking people off the streets. Um, so, I mean, the other cities are more prepared for yeah. this. But um, uh, it's defunding the police. I get it. I agree right. with what it means. But when when a Republican hears that, they know, know. what they think. Exactly. They're going to defund it and it's going to be gone because yes. that's what they mean when they say defund. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's like they're saying we're saying abolish Right. Police, and that's not it. It's just basically no. taking, you know, money and putting it into um, mental, mental health, health and right. all that. Yeah, and it, it's like police shouldn't necessarily have to always show up for domestic right. arguments. I mean, right. unless there's fighting, but I mean right. arguments. Well, so I mean, they could show up to help the social worker should something be out. right. But exactly. I mean, if you're hearing people yell at each yeah. other, that may just be a really vocal argument versus yeah. you're hearing gunshots exactly. or people being thrown around. And even then, bring a social worker too, because a friend of mine years ago, his girlfriend beat the crap out of him one wow. night. And um, so we went over to his apartment. She had gone, and I said, "Let's call the police." And he says, "What do you mean?" I said, "She beat you up, dude." Yeah. You need to call the police, if yeah. not for yourself, but for the next guy who does get beat right. up, which is not often, but it does happen. Yeah. Um, as hard as it is for women to call the police, it's even harder for yeah. guys to call yeah. the police in that instance. And so the cops came, 
but he wouldn't press charges. And so it's like, oh, this is why a social worker could have helped right. talk him into something yes. like that. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. That person could have talked to him and said, well, mm-hmm. why don't we do this? Why mm-hmm. don't we, you know, and, and, and walked him through the steps so that he wouldn't be embarrassed or anything else. So, you you know, the cops are important for arresting. So, I mean, I had to call the cops on somebody trespassing years ago because mm. they this stalker guy followed a bunch mm. of us from I forget where we were to my house. And so this girl was terrified. She said, it's my ex-boyfriend. And he's stalking me. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay. And he's yeah. on my doorstep. And oh I go, um, I got the nine and the one dialed. Yeah. You ready? <laughs> and he goes, you're not fucking calling the police on me. I said, yeah, I am. You're on my fucking property. Yeah. So the police were called. They came. And my friend had gotten him to basically on the street. So he was technically not on my property mm-hmm. again and trying to calm him down. Mm-hmm. And so I walked to talk to the police. And I said, look. As long as you get him out of my neighborhood and make sure he stays out of my neighborhood for the next several hours, mm-hmm. this girl is terrified, and I don't want him following her anywhere else. Yeah. I said, and unless he's drunk, he doesn't need to be arrested. But right. if he's drunk, feel free. Right. Right. Feel free to arrest him for a DUI. But I don't need him arrested right now. I just want the situation diffused. Mm-hmm. And they did, mm-hmm. and they talked to him, and they got him out of here, and she was fine. But it was just like, it was really, he's like, you're not going to call the cops? Yeah, I am, fucker. <laughs> I'm in my house. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like we, you know, unfortunately, it's not even about the Republicans not understanding. It's about them grabbing, Uh like you said, that bumper sticker and Mm -hmm. running with it as if we, you know, because Trump's always calling us the angry liberal mob and Antifa and, you know, whatever stupid names. I mean, there was a there was a video of a 14 year old girl on her bike and his goons were beating on her. Mm hmm. So I pulling mean, pulling people out of wheelchairs. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. And then breaking the wheelchair. Uh huh. So it's like they don't give a shit. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about, uh, you know, they all they want to do is twist the truth. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's remarkable. We, I it's think remarkable. People support this. It's like I yeah. do have friends of mine that are like, oh, you know, fuck the people in Portland. Fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My friend lives in Portland, and she's like, I just talked to her, and she goes, it's not like what you know, we see on the news and I, and she lives in obviously, uh, I don't think she lives in Portland. She lives close to Portland. Right. So it's not like all the streets of Portland are, you know, being, uh, you know, there's overrun. Yeah, exactly. Overrun. It's like even when the riots here, which were vast. Yeah. Um, I was staying at, cause I used to live on Laurel Canyon close to Sunset Boulevard and you know, Hollywood Boulevard was on fire. Yes. And so I, I took my dogs and I went up to my sister's also in Laurel Canyon, but way up in the hills at the time. So my mom was in Hawaii. <laughs> now, this is day three or four. The National Guard are here. I've wow. gone to Club Lingerie. You know, I'm going out because the National Guard were literally parked at that police station in Hollywood. So I could have left my car running yeah. with the keys in it and nobody right. was going to steal my car. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so third or fourth day, but mom's watching CNN, which has the loop on from the oh, day right, yeah. it started. And she's terrified. Yeah. And it's like, mom, no. Right. Yes. That first night was very scary. Mm-hmm. It looked you driving up into the hills. You could just see the plumes of smoke mm-hmm. everywhere. And that was frightening. Mm-hmm. But it did thankfully calm down after a couple of days but yeah, yeah watching the if you're watching network news exactly. about what's going on in portland you're going to see something completely different and when my sister went down she went down two nights in a row um she left about 10 30 at night and they start the 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 federal gestapo starts messing with the protesters around midnight hmm, interesting. and they start pushing them 
they start get encroaching on them. And apparently what they've been doing is getting them closer and closer to federal property so they mm-hmm. have the authority. Oh, yeah, right. That makes sense because they're doing this all on purpose. And you know what I think? I mean, he wants to send all these troops into you know, these cit- cities. And I think what part of the plan is is exactly what we're talking about where there's endless footage mm-hmm. of violence and even if it's the violence from the police officers beating Mm -hmm. up on children and people in wheelchairs um it's still this image of unrest and all of that and for some reason and then they keep calling it biden's america okay i don't get that like what are you fucking talking about but um i think biden's america is pretty peaceful during the obama yes exactly (laughs) and i feel like you know they have a goal, you know, they, mm-hmm. they want people. It's just like in, you were saying with Nixon, Nixon, there mm-hmm. was this, I wish I could remember and I can't find it, but there's this great documentary on how Nixon won. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, you know, all those dirty liberal hippies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, here we are, we're, our, our conservative, clean, smiling faces are going to make America better. Make well, America also great. he promised to end the war in Vietnam. Exactly. That was part of it. But it was also this idea, like the documentary that I was watching was focusing on this idea oh, yeah. that, you know, he was really using the idea of the dirty, angry, violent hippies making mm-hmm. everything worse. And right. so, you know, selling America this, you know, s- this bullshit idea that, I mean, it was something Trump has a harder time with because we're so far away from that. 1968, you know, it's funny, Bob and I love the Brady Bunch and uh, we're watching it again. For I Christmas. wish Florence were alive to hear that. <laughs> I would get I would get her on your show so fast if oh she were still God. here. You don't even know. I would freaking die. I love that she show. She was lovely. She was such a sweet I'm woman. sure she was. I just, she really I'm was. sure. But and it's saucy. Like, <laughs> well, I did read Barry Williams' book, Growing Up Brady, so I have a little bit of information there. But well, she and Alexis Arquette were really good friends. Oh, so really? that gives well, you a, awesome. an idea of, yeah, uh, yeah when Lexi was sick uh, before she passed away. I called Florence and I said, give Lexi. And so they, you know, reconnected because yeah. they knew they met each other on one of those weird celebrity. Oh, right. Yeah. Big brothers or something. And they just became fast friends. Well, yeah, I and I just love the Brady Bunch. And for Christmas, Bob gave me like the 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 package of everything. It's every television <laughs> show, every spinoff, every movie, every special. So we've got it all. And of course, we're watching it. it and um you know, back, uh, I guess, when did it start? 69 or 70 is when the show started. So Something it's like, like that, yeah. They really look like, especially the first season, and this oh, yeah. is when Nixon, this is the Nixon thing. I mean, it was very 1950s, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, even though we were coming up on 1970, there was this whole, like, and it was the Brady Bunch, and they lived in their own universe, and it obviously it was fiction. But still, it was closer to that, you know, version of America, that, mm-hmm. that white utopia that Trump mm-hmm. is trying to sell. And it's right. like, dude, it's not going to happen. We are not that. We are so far away from that right now. that <laughs> It's what? like, there's no way. And the other difference between now and 1968 is cell phone technology. Yes, exactly. In 1968, a professional photographer or somebody by chance would have to yeah. catch a cop doing something bad like at Kent State. Yeah. Um, which were ROTC guys, but it, you know, it was National Guard. But um, you know, you'd have to catch it professionally in order for the public to believe it. Yeah. Now, because of George Floyd, I mean, cell phone technology is changing policing because it, it's right. going to have to. Yeah. They've been getting away with the shit for too long. Mm-hmm. Now they, some of them, hey, yeah, please keep recording me. Great. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> um, um, you are going to get fired soon. Um, right. So, I mean, that's helping to change the narrative that Donald Trump wants to tell. Yeah. Because everybody's got their phones on them at these protests. Everybody is recording 
and I have the ACLU app that if my if I start to record anything and mm-hmm. I put it on my ACLU ACLU app, excuse me. <laughs> Um, COVID. <laughs> um, oh, no. That's what Lonnie says all the time, every time I talk. I know. COVID. Um, but it, as soon as you use that app, which is California Justice, and the ACLU has them for every state. Oh, wow. As soon as you hit on that app, if something's going down with the police and they would take your phone, what you've recorded is in the ACLU's cloud. Oh, really? I'm going to have yeah. to download that. Yeah, it's California Justice is what I have, but ACLU, it's an app you can download on your phone. So if you see police especially doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. just start using their app, record it there, and it goes to the cloud. So if, God forbid, your phone is confiscated, Mm -hmm. at least that's there. Right. Wow. Yeah, because I, I, a couple of, or was it last year? I think it was last year. And I've told this story before, so I won't get too into it. But, you know, there there was a dude, he was a black guy, and he was being... I was ha- I happened to be driving and mm-hmm. I saw there was this crowd and this guy was like on a on a median in between two little tiny streets that were going into like a mini outside mall and mm-hmm. so it was a, a black man who was being held down by three white police officers Jeez. although I will say the guy was large and I mean mm-hmm. tall he wasn't he wasn't overly muscular but he was a big man mm-hmm. and he was resisting he wasn't being violent but he was like they would they would put they pushed him down and he would push back up and so mm-hmm. he was he was not really complying and I freaked out because I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, what's going on? There was all these people, but they all had their phone. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, me too. And I pull over and I get my phone out. And it was funny because there was this woman who uh, was recording it next to me. And and both of us were kind of yelling at this guy, just stay Stay calm, do what they say. Mm -hmm. And and, and I never got the feeling from the police officers that they were going to, you know, I didn't feel like they were going to be doing anything awful because they they weren't treating him terribly they were just trying to keep him they were waiting i guess for whatever you know i want to call it the paddy wagon but you know like they were waiting (laughs) they were waiting for uh the the car to come get him i don't know why they couldn't take him but for some reason they were waiting and i heard that it was because he had stolen something and it did appear he was he was acting as if he was under the influence of something Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but we kept screaming at him to just please stop resisting arrest or whatever they were doing to stop because I did not want to see anything. But I learned later when I told my mother that the police in this area have actually been trained to de-escalate. And mm-hmm. because of that, there are a lot less incidents. And right. that really made me feel good because it's like, I don't know if this guy was guilty or not. I really don't. Right. And so, you know, I mean, I... I at least in front of everybody with phones. And I really thought about that. I thought, I wonder what would have happened to him if there were no phones. Mm-hmm. Would they have, I mean, maybe they would have been just the same because he was larger than all of the, the police that were holding him down. But, um, you know, well, I, I mean, mean, you know, even with Rodney King, the only reason we have video is because of what was happening. And somebody in their apartment went, whoa, yes. what are the cops doing right, right. now? Yeah. That's not cool. And and that's why the riots happened was because, look, yeah. it was on tape, people. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and that, I think, is going to change these criminal charges in the future, even though Eric Garner didn't get his justice. Hopefully George Floyd will. Yeah. Um, and his family I will. Um, uh, and everybody else. I mean, this is not new. I mean, I have so many friends that <laughs> they're like, this is so normal for me and my family. Like my friend Ricky, who used to co-host my show with me, little teeny tiny little black dude, (laughs) um, wouldn't hurt a mouse, you know. I could take him. And (laughs) he was living in Boston years ago in a suit, running through 
one of the squares there to get to work. Mm-hmm. And he had a back. He always carries a backpack. So he had his backpack on, and he's running, right? Mm-hmm. Two cops on horses basically pull him over. Oh, my God. And he said, yeah, and he's, you know, he's running. And, and they said, what are, you, what are you running for? And he said, well, I'm late to work. And they, he said, why? And he goes, well, somebody called in and said they thought that you were doing something wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. Running to work. Yeah. Because he was black. That yeah, was his big while crime. Black. That's, that was it. That was just it. You know what I mean? And, and uh, my other ex-co-host, Nick, used to say, well, you have your rights. I said, yeah, you're white. Yeah. If I, if I can roll up my window all I want and go, I'm not talking to you. Right. Um, and so can you, Nick. But Ricky can't. Exactly, my friend Les yeah. can't. Yeah. My friend Candace can't. You know, I mean, I've mm-hmm. got all these friends. I'm like, they can't do that. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I, I do hope, you know, I mean, there, I talk to my mom every day and, and she's political and she, she feels that this is, you know, it's like Kamala's always saying, this is a movement, not a moment. It and is. This is different. Yeah, yeah it, it does it feel different. different. And, I, and I just hope that, I mean, I know not everything is going to be cured and fixed. You know, not. it's not. But I do hope that it leads, you know, I mean, I'm very hopeful about Joe Biden and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be announcing his VP pick soon. And yeah, I the hope next couple weeks. I would yeah. Um, I, although John Cooper from Democratic Coalition said within six days. So I don't know if it's that soon, but either way. Well, the convention is what, on the 17th? Yeah, I think so. So between now and the 11th? Yeah. Maybe or the oh 12th? My God. I'm so excited. But I just hope that people um, are going to just back her and not freak out because, you know, I mm. I don't if, if if I were to post an article right now about any one of them, any one of the women that he's considering. You get all these people going, no, it can't be right. that one. It's got to be this one. It's, it's, right. it's, you know, it's like you've got your camps, you've got your Warren camps, you've got your Harris camps, and that's fine. Like, it's yeah. fine that we have our favorites. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, oh, my God, it's pissing me off so much because I feel like they are going, I read an article from Politico today. And basically oh, God, that was awful. Did you, was it the, about the Kamala? The one about Kamala? Yes. Yeah, Karen yeah. Bass, God bless her. Yeah. Um, I know, but basically saying she's the front runner, but she's got problems because she, you know, the way that yeah. she handled the um, when 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 asked about what she did to Biden in the debate, she basically said, "Well, that's politics." It is politics. It is politics. I mean, I've said the same thing, and I mean, of course, at the time it was drama, and everybody was, you know, having their opinions about it. But you know, I, I keep going back to. Barack Obama called Hillary Clinton Annie mm-hmm. Oakley, and then she he made her uh, the Secretary, Secretary of, State. of State. So I feel like, yes, it is politics. It's what you do. And and Joe's got thick enough skin. He yes, can handle it. He can handle it. And so, I mean, uh, but I feel like no matter what, no matter what the deal is, um, they are doing such crazy vetting. And oh, th- yeah. not only vetting, they're looking at, you know, poll numbers they're figuring out who's going to have the best shot in 2024 yeah they're vetting a president exactly so it's like there's so much to consider and i don't you know i mean really it doesn't matter as even though i can have my favorite and i still i still like elizabeth warren and it's based solely on her resume that's it it's Mm -hmm. her resume put her resume behind any of the other women i would choose them Mm -hmm. it's the resume that uh that keeps me going for her but if, if it's Kamala, if it's whoever he chooses, I will do such a fucking happy dance, especially if it's a black woman, because you're like, oh, my God, um, you know, more than likely we're going to see a black woman vice president and then hopefully a black woman president. Mm-hmm. Although that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in 24. And here's my big fear about 2024 is I'm wondering if because 
Republicans already know now a, a woman will be running in 2024 for right. the Democratic ticket. Right. So are they going to put up a woman? Like a Nikki Haley? Yeah. Or a yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, and and I mean it, it would be a tougher fight yeah. against a Nikki Haley, but Nikki Haley's a scumbag. So She is a scumbag, <laughs> but it's like, you know how they are. They, you know how they are. And I so, I mean, whether it's Nikki Haley or somebody else who's got like a, a solid, you know, foot in the in the. I don't like who who knows how the Republican Party is going to fare after all of this. Well, the thing is, is they thought that a vagina would work with John McCain. Yes. Well, and then they look at the, the one. one. Yeah, they, exactly. It's like, oh, my God. You know, it's terrible. like there were so many women in the Republican <laughs> Party that they could yes. have, a Nikki Haley, perhaps yes. uh, Olympia Snow. Oh, I God. Mean, yes. So many other women that would have been OK. Condoleezza yeah, Rice. Condoleezza Rice. You know? Yeah, exactly. There, they such so many better women to have run. And then they pick her. And it's like, OK, you think that women just vote based on body parts because we don't No, and you know what they picked sarah palin because of the way she looked too one oh, of absolutely my mother was had just moved to northern california and a lot of those a lot of the people up there are um kind of trump supporters you know mm -hmm. like there's there's definitely like the more hippie crowd like mm -hmm. the more new age crowd and then and then there's like the biker crowd and then there's right. like the wine snob crowd. Right. And those right. people are usually liberals. But this particular guy was more along the lines of like in between wine snob and biker. And he said, oh, I'd vote for Sarah just because she's hot. Right. And I think they knew that. Like, I don't know that they'd ever pick Condoleezza Rice because she doesn't have the right skin color and she has a vagina. It's like I don't know if the Republican right. Party. I think th I think their voters would freaking implode. All the Confederate flag loving, you know, <laughs> would not well, yeah, be able Nikki to Haley deal with it. Yeah, Nikki Haley took down Confederate statues. Yeah, that's forget. true. That's true. You but know. it doesn't have to be Nikki. It can be somebody who yeah. is, like I said, you know, a strong favorite. And we don't know who's going to emerge in true. these next four years. And so, um, even what's her name? Who ran? What What was that woman who ran last uh, uh, in twenty sixteen? Who Trump said was ugly? I can't think of her name. Oh, uh, Carly Fiorina. Yes, I can't think of anyone's name today. Jeez, that's all right. Um, but yeah, Carly Fiorina. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, you know, she could come off as somebody. Meg Whitman. Yes, exactly. Um, absolutely. So there could be women that, you know, and if we have a black candidate, a black right. female candidate, then and they choose a white female candidate. Right. You know, I mean, that's just looking at the electorate and saying, OK, what are you are you are you going to do this? Are you going to be smart? Or are you just are you just going to? Well, it is going to depend on how we vote. And if we vote, if it's a Reagan or a, a Johnson blowout, mm -hmm. um, then I think the country is ready for that vice That's president true. to be You're president. right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, because they will be taking that into consideration. Yeah. If we have a 49 to 1 or whatever right. kind of blowout that yeah. I'm hoping for. Uh, and everybody vote early. Yes. If you can. Yes. Well, yeah, fight for a real ballot if you can. If you're an absentee voter, drop it off at your county registrar's office. Yeah. Don't count on the mail because mm -hmm. even here in Bur a friend of mine in Burbank, he's like, I haven't gotten the mail for two days. Yeah. Well, there. I guess Trump is deliberately slowing the mail down. Mm -hmm. So yeah. why is Harris trending? Hold on, Harris is trending. Did he announce Again? her? She's been hen she's been trending all day though. No. Okay. I don't. Okay. Um, no. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. That. I mean. The mail is being is, is slowed down on purpose. So we have there was somebody who tweeted out, I think, something about the fact that the mail is being slowed down, that we should get our if you're gonna mail it, mail your ballots out by October twentieth. At the latest, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think I mean seriously people, if you're gonna vote absentee, are you really that on the fence? 
I know. I know, I know. Really, exactly. I, I mean, mean I, I hope to not have to vote in person, you know, because, I mean, all of California, we're getting our ballots mailed to us, and yes. I think we can start. They usually send out everything like a month and a half right. in advance. Yeah. Um, and I think we can vote 30 days in the, f- you know, in advance. Right. Some places you don't, and apparently um, Greg Pallast, uh, his book that came out, Minnesota used to require a witness for an absentee ballot. <laughs> Since his book came out, they've taken that out for this year interesting so certain greg palast is doing some really good work um to help everybody know how to vote if you have to have a provisional ballot if they force it on you Mm -hmm. find out how to make that vote count in your state in california you have to go to the county registrar's office with your id and proof of residency to make sure your provisional ballot counts and it has to be within the time frame of us counting the votes and yada 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 so voting early in case there's a problem you can then prove that you have the right to vote um, if you have to vote, in pr- I mean, it's like, uh, California tried to do it easy last primary and it was so confusing yes. because it changed everything. Like downtown LA, I could have voted downtown LA and nobody was down there. Oh, wow. Because it was like, th- everybody's used to voting in their neighborhoods. And who the hell wants to go to downtown LA anyway? But if you work downtown, <laughs> right, you, it makes it easy. You know, yeah, it was right. easier. You didn't have to go home to vote. You could go right from work. And it was like, no, there's there's nobody here at Dodger Stadium. Wow. Um, so, I mean, and but by and there were like five different places where we could vote very close to our house, um, which is different. So I think now that we've gone through that, yes. I think California is going to be more likely to do it better this time. Yeah. But I mean, I'm. I've been voting absentee for 20 years. Right. So, Wow, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, uh, this is all so, uh, like, Mm -hmm. fucking crazy. And and we know that between now and Inauguration Day, providing Joe Biden wins, it's going to be so fucked up. It's like, I said to Bob, um, I don't know, it was was before the troops were being sent into cities, I said, you know, th- this is going to be the worst part of it because, first of all, COVID comes along. Nobody's ex- everybody's expecting mm-hmm. normal crazy. Right. And, and then we get COVID. And then, you know, and I thought, you ain't seen nothing yet because Trump is going to go fucking insane. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think Mary Trump's book is, is really good just solely for the fact that she's telling us what we already knew. But, you know, when I talk to... Terry Canefield, it's like she's like she removed the haze. There was there were things that were hazy that we didn't know the details about. Now we get it. Now we can see it. We know we understand fully who we're dealing with. And, you know, he's a three year old that's never had to. He was never held accountable for anything. He was always, you know, he would always get money. If mm-hmm. he failed and his businesses failed, his father would just throw more money at him. Mm-hmm. And so he was just always backed. He was always taken care of. And he doesn't understand losing. He doesn't mm-hmm. understand being humble or being humiliated. I mean, he just doesn't. Right. He can't compute that. It's mm-hmm. just not even, a, it's not even possible for him. So the only thing he understands how to do is attack. That's mm-hmm. all he knows. And so we're just going to see Trump attacking America over and over, and, and I think he's going to find new, innov- I mean, he's got Barr, so mm-hmm. Barr's going to help him with that, and Stephen Miller, and all these horrible people, and so, I mean, I think we just all have to be so prepared to hold on tight, yeah. and, you know, as much as it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt in so many ways. We're going to, more people are going to die from COVID. We're mm-hmm. going to see people being brutally fucking, you know, violently beaten at these at these protests mm-hmm. and we just have to, I mean, I was watching the other night. It was the mayor. I can't remember her name, but it was the mayor of Seattle. And she said, 
you know, basically Trump is sending these troops in as an invitation for a yep. fight. Yep. And so, I mean, I do Let's wish... Not fall for it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I wish that... I mean, I, I, I feel like we do... I understand the need for protesters, but at this point in time, I think the point has been made and maybe we can find other ways to protest, whether it's online or voting is a good way to protest mm -hmm. too. Um, organizing with voting because I don't want really good people with great intentions getting sucked up into this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I mean, I guess people are going to do what they're going to do. And so we just all have to be prepared mentally for this because it's going to be fucking bad. It's going to be so bad. Yeah, it's scary, and, and that's it. It's like, find out when you can early vote and do it, and yeah. vote on a weekday. I mean, a lot of people are out of work right now, right. which actually bodes well for long lines, mm -hmm. because I don't <laughs> got a job. Yes. Um, you know, and that's what happened during the primaries, you know, was like these lines in, in, in Georgia, especially. Yeah. And it's like, hey, y'all, covid I know we're not working, so right. we can wait in an eight-hour fucking line and fuck you. And I knew that turnout was going to be higher. I just knew it, in yeah. spite of COVID, in spite of closing yeah. down uh, polling places in Wisconsin and other Wisconsin, especially um, closing down those polling places just pisses people off. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's 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 and crazily, I mean it was just for the primary. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the general. This is when we can finally. I mean, we've been waiting for this since the first fucking day when Sean Spicer yes, was lying to us. November 4th, 2016. Uh, November 9th, excuse me, 2016. <laughs> um, somebody posted, I believe it was the Louisiana, yeah, it was the Louisiana primary results that Joe Biden in the primary uh -huh. got more votes than all of the Republicans in their primary. Really? So it means that Democrats, A, went out yes. to vote. And two, there are more of them in Louisiana. Yeah. Wow. Voting in a primary for just Joe Biden. <laughs> wow. So it's like, okay, wow. maybe Louisiana is going to go blue. Who knows? <laughs> it could happen. Please. I could be very Judy Tenuta right now. It could happen. <laughs> um, but I mean, that if that's a, if what the person posted is an accurate tally of what happened in Louisiana, yeah. that does bode well because Democrats especially do not go out in primaries. Right. Yes, I know. Oh, my God. Well, it just goes to show you, we are very uncomfortable. I mm -hmm. wish Democrats would remember this for the rest of their lives. I, I mean, we, we will have children remembering this, especially because of yes. COVID. But it's like, come on, Democrats, don't get lazy in the, in the midterms. This mm -hmm. is what fucked us over in exactly. uh, 2010 and in 2014. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously 2018, we showed up. We can do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people have this false sense of, oh, well, we have a Democratic president, so everything's mm -hmm. okay. Well, I mean, there's the, there's the whole, uh, it's, if, you, if, if, if Trump wins, but he has mm -hmm. a Democratic Senate and House, he's we not going to be able him. to be successful. In fact, he could probably be impeached. So the same logic goes to a Democratic mm -hmm. president if he loses, as we saw with, I mean, they didn't impeach Obama, but they didn't, I mean, look, they didn't let him have a fucking Supreme Court exactly. justice. Exactly. Exactly. So there's nothing to impeach him for. That unf unfortunately well, for them, right? But they uh, were they were at a place at that point where they were still going by traditions and norms. At this mm -hmm. point in time, they would find something to impeach him. They would figure. I mean, they they found a reason to let Trump off the hook. Mm -hmm. So I think they would manufacture bullshit that they could do it, and then they'd all agree on it if they had a majority, and then mm -hmm. they would just get him out of. I think that I think that this is what we can expect. Mm -hmm. In fact, from future, you know, I don't know. Everybody always says the GOP is going to be obliterated after this. And, you know, I mean, I can't we'll remember see. who. Yeah, that's how I feel. It was somebody, and I don't remember. Oh, I know. I think it was George Will. And mm -hmm. he said, um, 
he said, you know, the GOP is basically just going to, you know, maybe they'll lick their wounds for a day or two, but then they'll be like, Trump who? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Trump who? And, and they'll just go right back to their bullshit. Yeah, no, I mean, it, Newt Gingrich started the partisanship yes. that we now know and love. Yes. Um, so, and, and it's, I mean, we've, it's been partisan. We've had, obviously, civil war, mm-hmm. but still... Um, it, this is not the grand old party. This certainly, no. they cannot claim Lincoln or even no. and Reagan's people are telling them to keep I him know. out of your fucking campaign. <laughs> I know. I love that. And Reagan was a shitty president. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's like I met him. Did I tell you that? Who? Reagan? President Reagan. Wow. In 1985, my mom took me to the Kennedy Center Honors when Beverly wow. Sills was being honored. And um, we went to the White House, and there was this receiving line for the president that you couldn't really avoid. And so I, I, there's a picture of me with him somewhere uh, that I, my mom has or something. A very, very lovely man. Hmm, interesting. Well, that's not surprising. Shitty president. Yeah. Um, you know, I met George H.W. Bush when mom was honored by George W. Bush mm-hmm. uh, when she got the uh, Kennedy Center that year. And mom was like, darn it. Um, <laughs> different president would have been great. But um, luckily, when we went to the White House that night, where I had met President Reagan was where the press was. Mm-hmm. So you could just kind of, you were announced and you walked through. And um, so I didn't have to meet George W. Bush. He mm-hmm. had a different receiving line. And mm-hmm. I said to my mom, I said, I, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Want to meet him, <laughs> and and she said, "You don't have to." I said, "Good, because I don't want to have to sp- say it's an honor to meet you, Mr. Yeah. President, because I, I, he shouldn't be president." Yeah. Um. And the, but his dad was there. It was very funny when we got up to the kind of reception before mom and and George Bush in person, very charming looking man, yeah. by the way. And the evil in his eyes doesn't come through in person, um, or the rat fucker, right. I guess. Uh, but his dad and mom were in this kind of head to pee. And um, <laughs> I looked at my little sister. I said, you know, they know where the nearest bathroom is. <laughs> and I came so close to going up to Mr. and Mrs. Bush and asking them where the nearest bathroom was. But then I found somebody that worked there. But <laughs> that, I know they would have laughed at that. Yeah. They would have said, sure, right? So then we were sitting. It was my aunt, my mom, my mom's husband, my sister, and myself. We're sitting at this little table kind of at the foot of the stairwell that went up to the private residence. And uh, Bush Sr. comes up to the table and puts his hands, because he's very handsy, mm-hmm. puts his hands <laughs> on my aunt's shoulders and kind of starts rubbing her shoulders. That's wow. where Junior gets it from. And, um, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, hi, Mr. President. Yeah. You know, very nice, lovely man. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the Bush twins started just running up the stairs. They were going <laughs> to go do something. But it was just like the weirdest, like, hi, Mr. President. Nice yeah. you. you know, very charming, very lovely, right. you know. Yeah. But but this guy, I will... Oh, my God. When When he is gone... Um, from the White House and either at a country where there is no extradition mm-hmm. um, or in prison. <laughs> um, he, When he dies, no matter what he has set up, because you know he set up mm-hmm. this yeah. amazing funeral for right. himself, I don't think people will show up and cheer. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they'll cheer that he might be right, 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 right. dead, <laughs> but it won't be a solemn, right. somber, yes. like John Lewis is getting right no. now, that Trump no, no, no. is deciding not even to go exactly. and see him lie in state at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nothing that is revered like John McCain was revered exactly. and, and others have been revered. It's He's not going to get that. He's not, no. But you know what? Going back to your Reagan thing, um, my dad was an ABC News cameraman, and he mm-hmm. always worked on campaigns, and I... 
I'm almost positive that it was Reagan that he, uh, I guess Reagan was on Air Force One having lunch and he was alone and he asked my dad to join him. And wow. so they were just sitting and chatting and, you know, I mean, my, my father's a liberal and he's a Democrat and I mean, but th- he said the same thing. He's just a really nice guy really in person. Charming, Ter- lovely. Terrible president. And it's terrible. funny because I got to meet, I also got to meet Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. My dad was on his campaign Mm-hmm. It was so funny because my girlfriend at the time, um, the one who actually did the Vince Vaughn thing, you know, oh, so mm-hmm. is, so is Kimberly. <laughs> okay. uh, she was political. I was not. And she was mm-hmm. going on and on and on and on about Bill Clinton. And we were going to go meet my dad at a restaurant in Santa Monica. And, you know, she knew he was working on Clinton's campaign. So she was really selling him to me. And as we were approaching the restaurant, here comes Bill Clinton. And and, you know, so we were cu- it was like there was nobody else around. So we mm-hmm. got to shake his hand. And then, of course, he asked for our vote. And then another time my dad was working on Bob Dole's campaign. And so mm-hmm. he was in Glendale where I lived. And mm-hmm. so I went and I met him and I was I just what I remember about Bob Dole is he remind he smelled like vanilla cookies. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he lost and he didn't win, but he, he just he smelled like this. Vanilla Lovely. cookie. <laughs> I'm sure he's like a, a nice man. You yeah. know, it's like the old school Republicans, like Stephanie's dad. Yes. You know, it's like there was something about them that I could disagree with them on policy, but I could, right. you know, have a drink with them, and they they didn't come off as awful. Right. Yeah. No, but beings. Trump is a completely uh, horrible, he is just, he's damaged awful. man. He is. He's so damaged, and and I mean, I'm reading Mary Trump's book as well, and she's a really good writer. She really um, is. She really is. Um. And she's only like two years older than I am. Wow. Um, so darn it, I can't write like that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, I feel bad for her dad. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, that's, you know, I mean, I think that part of, you know, the reason she wrote that book, it was very cathartic for her mm-hmm. because she was 16 when she lost her father. And she mm-hmm. understood, you know, especially now, she understands right. why he died the way he did and it was really mm-hmm. the fault of her grandfather and the bullying mm-hmm. the bullying from Donald as well that pushed mm-hmm. her dad into drinking and just feeling so bad about himself so you know I mean she, I think you know she's in all these interviews she's like yeah I could have gone after him before he even ran for president he mm-hmm. was still a known person and um, but you know I, I do believe her 100% when she says mm-hmm. I'm doing this for basically the country um, but you heard about Meghan McCain Yes. She bitch slapped yes. McCain into that the next That was awesome. Week. That was it's awesome. Like, you know what? Sh- and he fucking disparaged her. her father. I know. I know. I know. Megan McCain is insufferable. And I don't understand it. I don't either. <laughs> She's just horrible. But I guess her husband works for uh, the Federalist or something. Or oh, I don't know. He, 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 he's, he's like like a Trump supporter. So mm. Megan McCain, you know, and it's she, she also she went off on Amy McGrath. Uh, for taking outside money and Amy McGrath oh, also smacked her down and Good. said you know well look at Mitch McConnell and where he's getting his money mm-hmm. from and she's like this is the system we have set up and I have to play within yep. the system we have and you know once I get in we can change that system and then like she and Megan was just sitting there like a fucking bitch without anything to say I'm surprised she hasn't blocked me I wonder if she's muted me because I've said things to her on Twitter specifically because I you know I can't remember what it was, but uh, the last thing that I said, it did have to do with her father. Mm-hmm. And I know that she blocks people that she doesn't like, so she's probably just muted me so she doesn't see me because I've said things that I know would piss her off, and it's like <laughs> she hasn't blocked me, but oh well. <laughs> anyway, I guess we should wrap up, but I love having you on. You're so fun, and I could talk <laughs> to you about L.A. all freaking day. 
But definitely, you know, when hopefully when uh, things calm down and everybody's healthy and everything, we're going to, you know, we definitely want to take some trips out to Los Angeles. And, you know, I want to go to New York. And mm. I mean, that that's the, that's another reason I would love to just not even have to worry about having an animal, you know, and right. just be able to close up the place and leave and not worry. But we'll see what happens. We'll, we're well, going mean, to take vacations no matter what. I did what. book a hotel room in D.C. for the inauguration should Joe Biden win. Mm-hmm. And I'm deciding on whether I'm going to take a train. Oh, right. Yeah. With a, you know, sleeping car. Yeah. Because you can open a window and stay away from people. Yeah. Or take a flight and just go from, you know, LAX to uh, Reagan. Right. And uh, first class, just blow the money because I'm away from less people and it's a pod. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have a room booked just in case. I'm like, it's booked and I can cancel it three days before. Oh, that's good. good. That's perfect. Because you got to look at the numbers then. Like, who who knows what's going to happen with those numbers? Exactly. I just want you to be safe. Because I, I think I think that once Biden get, gets in, we will have he will probably do that national lockdown, mm-hmm. and I think we might be able to flatten that curve. You know, by it it would be a total year mm-hmm. since oh, yeah. since we started the lockdown. So I mean, and then we can then we're free. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, well, it was lovely talking to you. Why don't you, you tell too. everybody where they can find you? You can find me on the Stephanie Miller Show on Tuesdays, uh, six a.m. to nine a.m. Pacific. And then um, on my own show, from dash the dash bunker.com, and on the Bob Seska show <laughs> on Thursdays. I am such a whore. I know, and you're a goth ninja and everything. I am a goth ninja. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, it was so much fun talking to you. I love you it. Too. And, you know, I'll, I'll be inviting you back. So I look forward to it. Have All a good one. All right, you take care. Bye bye. I really do love talking to her, and seriously, I could have completely bypassed all of the political talk and only talked to her about all the L.A. places because clearly she has frequented so... We have frequented so many of the same places, and I am so nostalgic. I mean, I was there in Southern California from 1977 when I was nine, and I left in 2009 when I was 41. So I was there for a long, long, long time, and uh, as much as I... I mean, I, I have, like, split feelings. I, I just read that uh, scientists, I think it's, like, scientists were wrong, that, like, there's a much stronger chance for one of, like, the big quake to come. Um, that the, Something about the San Andreas Fault, and there's, you know, whatever chance they thought was, double it. So um, that scares me. And then, of course, the fires are awful. And the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, everybody thinks, oh, well, you should be living by the water. I can't stand... I can't stand the west side of Los Angeles. I just can't stand it. The weather is better, but I don't like it. And I really liked where I, I, I like Pasadena, and I really liked the area where I used to live, which was northern Glendale. But that was, again, fire area. I mean, I was living in, it was right between, for, for all of the people in um, Los Angeles who know the area, it's between La Cañada and La Crescenta. And so, it's just mountains. There's the San Gabriel Mountains, and there's the Griffith Park Mountains. Those aren't too close, but still. And I was living on a mountain. and I mean, it was a hill, but it was a mountainside. So, and, and there was, right before I left in 2009, at the time, it was the biggest wildfire. It was called the Station Fire. Since then, there have been bigger fires. But at the time, that was the biggest wildfire in California, Southern California. And it was kind of right outside of my front door. Because my entire apartment was w- like window, like sli- it was two sliding glass windows. And I, I looked over the little city of, it was Glendale, but it was kind of like Montrose area. 
and it really wasn't, I don't know how many miles from the foothills. It was probably like uh, 10 miles maybe. And then those hills were on fire. And it was so scary because it lasts, it was like 106 degrees every day for like six or seven days a row. And there was one night, because usually what would happen is the hillsides would burn during the day. And then they would all, you know, turn to like the dark black. And usually, usually they would not catch fire again because the fire had already been there. But there was this one particular evening. And, and the thing is, is also that they would, they would burn during the day. And it always seemed that it got to where, like, where it was nighttime and you were going to go to bed. I didn't really see any fires. Or if there were fires, they were too far away from me. And enough had already been burned around the area that I lived that I wasn't concerned. But there was this one particular night where... Uh, during the day there were all these fires and I'm watching everything burn and everything finally starts to, you know, there's less, there's less fire and it looks a little safer and then starts up again. In areas that were black, I don't even know what the fuck was happening. It was like, uh, and so I had to go to bed and I was getting robocalls. You know, please have everything packed and make sure you have a place to stay, which I actually did. Uh, I had two cats and this wonderful woman, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman who lived in Beverly Hills told me that I could come stay with her if I had to, which I never had to, but I always appreciated the fact that she was letting my cats even, she had a dog, but I was like, I didn't care because my cats didn't even know from dogs and I knew they would freak out, but I was just so happy that she was so kind. But um, I was watching this fire and it was just so scary and that was kind of my send off when I moved up to Northern California. And then, of course, Bob and I were in the fire in Santa Rosa, the fire storm, as it was called, which was, like, the scariest thing I'd ever lived through because it took – it, like, jumped the freeway because the, f the wind was, like, 80 miles an hour, and it was taking embers across the freeway, and then those embers were just obliterating whole entire neighborhoods in the flats, which you don't see usually during fire season. You know, it's always the hills. So – we were about four miles away from one of the neighborhoods that completely burned down. Although, you know, you would, dr there's some, I have some things on my Instagram page where you can see there were some houses that stayed standing and then other ones just burned to the ground and it was all black soot. It was crazy. Trader Joe's was gone. Um, you know, there, there were so many, so many places that, and we would go grocery shopping and I would hear people it was a pretty small little town, so a lot of people kind of knew each other, and they'd run into e each other at the grocery store, and this was a common conversation. Hey, how did you do? We lost everything. So I don't necessarily miss that. I do miss the weather because even though it could be hot, and I, I hated when it was hot in January, and I would still hate that. I would hate that. Um, it's not muggy, but I just like, I just miss California so much. So talking to her and remembering, you know, my youthful days when I would go to the Derby and all that. Oh, it's so, it's so cool. So uh, I, I, you know, hopefully you guys were cool with that because I could talk about that all day long. And she's so much fun. She's just a fun person to talk to. I really enjoy uh, talking to her. So yes, she will definitely be coming back. And then let's see. Um, don't forget Thursday, Steph's going to be back for a patrons only show. And I'm not sure who's going to be on Wednesday, but you'll find out. So I'll find out. <laughs> I'm still waiting to hear back. So uh, that's it for today. Stay safe, everyone, and we will see you on Wednesday. <laughs>